Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yeah, we're back together. I can't believe they cut me loose with 50,000 watts without supervision. And, I, well, you know, wonders never cease. I have a good time here. I really enjoy it when you join me. I am honored that you call in. We participate. Uh, this is just a hoot, you know. I'm a Midwestern, a little bit of a hillbilly in me, you know, flip-flops and board shorts and... You know, ball cap. It's about all it keep it takes to keep me happy. Phone lines, though, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120, right here on Camworks. We've already got some good questions on the board we're going to get to in just a moment. My day job is Mosby Building Arts. This is our 70th year. Uh, you're, if you're interested in anything we can do for you, which is virtually anything residential, uh, we do a lot of high-rise, you know, uh, Condos, uh, more finer, more complex projects, whether little or big, but uh, uh, call Mosby, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y.com. Anyway, that's how I got here. There's just a bunch of people that keep me sharp, informed, and up to date on products and processes. So I get to share that with you right now. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's see what's cooking with Dorothy. Hey, Dorothy, good afternoon. Welcome to lunchtime, our time on Camwex. How may I help? A leaking gutter. Back, my back gutter has been leaking. Ouch. And it used to be, you know, I would just see a drip, drip now and then, a little bit dripping. But after these past rains, I mean, I've got a window there above my sink and it's right out there. And the water was just pouring down. Ouch, ouch. Uh, Tell me about the shape of your roof and your house back there on that gutter. Is it flat or is there a slope or what? Well, there's a little bit of, I guess you would say a little bit of a slope. Mm -hmm. Now, my roof, I had a new roof put on in 2011. Okay. In 2011. And I had new guttering put on the front of the house. But I didn't have it put on the back. They've just, I had some screen put on there to collect the leaves or so the leaves wouldn't get in. Well, okay, I'll make it short. Out of the phone book, I always look and see who to call. And I have to admit, I always call triple uh, BBB Uh and get a report on whoever I'm going to call out. Great. And a young gentleman was out yesterday. Now, I thought, sure, he was going to say I needed a new gutter back there, but he says the gutter looks in, is in good shape. He says what it is, it's nailed to the house, and that's pulled away. And he, this is what he wrote to rehang existing rear gutter with screw fasteners to save and uh, they're going to put the existing gutter screen and also to reseal pipe jack. It looks what, looks what it looks like on rear slope. Hmm. And and he's quoting me $550. Okay. Uh, Is that good or bad? Uh, Pricing-wise, I can't judge. It dep- I can't tell you what that is. I can t- say that I suspect he's right um, because if the gutter is deformed or full of debris, uh, number one, you've got screens on it. Screens do take some care every now and again uh, because the debris will f- slope and get stuck into some of those um, uh, gutter screens. Uh, 
period. That's just, you know, everything needs a little bit of maintenance from time to time. But when the water, when that gutter pulls away from the house, then your roof edge literally drips down behind the gutter and the gutter never gets a chance to collect the water. So uh, not ever seeing this and not even having heard his proposal, uh, I would have warned you that that is one of the possibilities and probabilities because especially if you didn't change it, it basically means, you know, in 2011, if they didn't really nail it or re-secure it again, you know, six, seven years on a gutter connection with freeze-thaw, gutter loads, snow, ice, all that. Wow. Uh, so I, I, I tend to agree with this guy. I, I think you're probably on. And if that's what he got up there and looked at, you know, I kind of like it. I, you know, when everything's a new gutter, I get a little skeptical about that. Um, but I, I do tend to agree that he's, you know, I, I think there's an 85% chance he's dead on right, not ever seeing it. Well, what got me? Well, I I believe what's wrong with it. I mean, I, I'm not questioning that so much. But I mean, and I, I looked up whenever I got the new um, the new roof and that, and they put a new gutter and two new downspouts, you know, on the on the front, mm-hmm. and they said they were installed with Groover type hangers. Yeah, Grover. Yeah, Grover. Okay, yep. and and that was five hundred and twenty two dollars. That was for new gutters, and that's what I kind of was questioning. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Well, keep in mind, gutters and that repair, uh, it's not all gutters because uh, this guy's going to have to put the gutter board back on. So the lumber that attaches to your house, not all of this is gutter repair. Some of it, some of it is fascia, uh, meaning the board that the gutter or the gutter board itself. So whether he takes that gutter off, which there's a pretty good chance he will, screwing that board back on, then taking the gutter back up and re-securing it. All he's reporting to you is there's really nothing wrong with the gutter, but there's nothing to hang it on anymore. Think of it as a rusty thing like for a car or, um, you know, rotted wood. There's just nothing to connect that gutter to that's reliable. I I think the number's pretty good. Um, I'm not opposed to it. But keep in mind that if you asked him how much for a new gutter, you know, the price would probably be $650 because he'd still have to do all that other peripheral stuff. Putting the gutter up, honestly, is really pretty easy. It goes fast and quick. Um, but gutter boards, and and also, uh, I'm going to give you another possibility here, Dorothy, scotting this up a little more, is he could run into a little bit of rotted wood. So be prepared for an additional work request that, yeah, when he pulled the thing up, that water's been getting into the joist, uh, you know, the end of the roof framing, and they may be soft or rotted. Um, uh-huh. So there, this, this particular repair, you've got a 50-50 chance that there's more work to be done. Um, than just this. Okay. Well, like I said, I um, after I looked up the other bill, and I thought, well, that five hundred and twenty-two dollars or five hundred, whatever it was, for new gutters, you know, and this. But like you said, I mean, with the work, because it says to rehang existing rear gutter. You know, I mean, he's he said he would take it loose and prop it up or something, and yeah. and take the nails out and put the screws in and so forth. I'm, I'm tracking with him totally. And keep in mind here, some of this is, you know, the, the pricing here. Um, I like what he's saying uh, because of what he's saying. The easiest thing to do is sell you a new gutter and then change order the heck out of this uh, uh, gutter board repair. It's like, oh, well, you, we're, we're putting on, you don't need a new gutter. 
So it's somewhat by the way the guy's proposing, uh, my trust quotient is going up. It sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Um, and he's just, you know, it's like you don't need a new gutter. You know? Well, that, yeah, that surprised me because I thought I knew I didn't have that one replaced at the time we had the roof put on. And, you know, I thought, sure, oh, well, I'm going to need a new gutter. And he said, no, he said, that, that all looks good. And he said, he said, you know, what your trouble is, he said, it's pulled away, and the water, like you said, was going down and wasn't even hitting the gutter. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I, I appreciate your opinion. It makes me feel better. Yeah. And um, so, because sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I, I, yeah, well, you, you called for a second opinion. There's nothing wrong. You know, you, <laughs> I, I'm on your side. I think you did pretty good. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, okay, well, you have a good day. Thanks right, so Dorothy. much for your help. Bye-bye. I know. And there you go. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, there are projects that are sold, and those are the easiest ones. I can sell you a new product very easily because you can say, well, I get a new gutter for it. Well, you know, then you read the uh, proposal and, you know, take down the old gutter, put up the new gutter, install to, to existing downspouts or new downspouts. However, that's kind of a salesman. That's easy to sell, you know, because, oh, wow, I'm getting new gutters for 500 bucks. This is a good deal. Or the guy comes out and it's like, you don't need new gutters. Gutters, fine. But everything around it's a mess. So I'm going to put my money and time into fixing the around it part. That's a hard sale. And that's why Dorothy is calling. It's like, whoa, $500? I didn't even get new gutters here for this. However, I would propose that what he's fixing is a bigger, more important piece. Think of it as the foundation for the gutter. And and that's, you know, that's really, you know, the difference between a sold project, hey, you need a new gutter, you know, give me 500 bucks, sign here, bye. Then they come back two, three weeks later, uh, got the gut, oh, we need another 800 or $1,000 to fix the gut. What are you going to say? You know, they're there. Uh, so it, it's a, sometimes a business philosophy. The way this guy is proposing this repair and going about it uh, is the hardest way to sell, if you will, because he's offering um, not a new gutter. So that's the difference in my mind between a sold product and a bought product. Purchased is purchased by need because it fills that solution. Sold is something that's easy to tell a story on, and you buy it with perception of fixing. It may not be the same. Anyway, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We're yours. Another hour right here. KMOX. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Gerard Realty Group. For your home, hire a pro. It matters. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. Oh, yes, indeed. We are live and lively here on KMOX. Another uh, 35 minutes when we roll up to Rick Edelman. 3 o'clock today, the Car Pro Auto Show. 5, Wendy's Week in Hockey with our own Alex Ferrario, Amy Markskers. And we've got sports open line after that. Lots of things happening here on University of KMOX. Tomorrow, Blues and Cardinals. Tomorrow, Blues and Cardinals. Right here. KMOX, the place to be. Let's see what's cooking here with Gary and get back to the phone lines. Gary, welcome back. Good afternoon on KMOX. How may I help you, sir? Good afternoon. Uh, popcorn ceiling. Uh, relative's house. It's got two spots 
in the first floor. It's a, it's a single house with a finished basement. Okay. And I want to say if you want to draw a circle around the area where this is like peeling away on the ceiling, it's probably a six or eight inch circular area where it's starting to peel. And I've had people tell me, uh, get rid of all of it. And I've had other people tell me, uh, you should be able to fix that. Didn't know uh, whether that was feasible, which, which option. And then um, at the same location, he's, he's out in the country. They had a, uh, a well line leak at the foundation of the house. They had to tear up a patio. And we're trying to decide whether it would be more fiscally advantageous to do a concrete pad once again or to put a wooden deck up. Okay. Uh, good issues. I like the questions. Number one, uh, both uh, proposals on the con- on the popcorn ceiling are true. <laughs> I'm going to agree with both of those. Yes, uh-huh. you can fix that six-inch round one. And yes, there's a high probability it will continue and spread. Um, really? Yeah, but again, it, again, it, there's this is a pure consumer uh, decision because it's risk-laden. Uh, how old is the house, Gary? Uh, if I remember correctly, I think they said it was built in 79. Okay, 1979. Um, here, here's kind of what's cooking, uh, and it's a lot of pieces. I'm going to give you a lot of moving parts here. Uh, number one, it could be as simple as the ceiling was dusty when they sprayed the popcorn ceiling uh, because ideally it gets a good bonding primer that works past that dust, but if they sanded the drywall pretty aggressively and the dust stuck to the ceiling and the painter didn't prime it so it really sticks, they just blew this popcorn thing on the ceiling and they basically stuck it to the dust so Uh that's usually the most probable thing i'm going to put a 60 percent chance on that now there's another 30 percent that uh you have kind of a, a lack of attic ventilation to where if you don't have enough vents you know i mean even today it's a pretty humid day i mean there's water hanging in the air so our st louis humidity gets up in that attic then you raise the temperature in that attic to 160 degrees and about 90 percent humidity so you're steam blasting that entire attic if you're not um uh properly if you're poorly ventilating and if you don't ventilate it um, which I'm sure it's got something on it, then you basically steam boil the paint right off the ceiling of the house. You following kind of where I'm setting you up here? Yeah, I, I know there's there's vents at the peaks on, like, either end. Mm-hmm. Yep. But in the wintertime, I know they have a habit of uh, there's a ceiling fan, and they cover that with, like, a, a plastic shrink wrap to keep the... The heat from wicking up, I guess, into the attic. Oh yeah. That would yeah. that would that be an issue? Uh, no, that the ceiling, the whole house fan. That's actually a good thing. They're keeping their heat in the house. You know, that's good there. But I'm going to guess it, for me, the consumer the, the decision I would make, Gary, is I'm going to roll the dice and take my risk. I'd probably fix that six inch round piece, understanding that there's a really good chance that I may be uh, putting drywall over this whole ceiling or scraping the whole thing off again but you're talking about you know hundreds versus thousands you know so there's right. a cost versus value consumer choice here that you know and, and we're we you know we do this all the time it's like you really want to fix it you know which is kind of our reputation you know you need to laminate the whole thing oh my gosh well that's thousands you know well you know will you do the repair yeah we will that's hundred you know so again from the consumer's seat just so long as you understand that there's no guarantee on anything other than really 
you know, changing the popcorn. Uh, right. And you should be having a better ventilation conversation with this anyway, because the two gable vents on your typical 1979 gable home, it, it could be a whole lot better ventilated. And we know a whole lot more, you know, 35 years later than we did As then. in uh, ridge vents? Yeah, ridge vents, cover the two gable end vents, put some soffit intake vents on the soffits if there are overhangs on this house at all, or figure uh-huh. something. It should be done in concert with the roof. Jet's the best time. But once you start getting popcorn falling off of a ceiling, that inserts that ventilation because that could be, that's got at least a 50-50 chance of being the culprit too. Just steaming that paint right off the ceiling. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. So, Gary, I'm I'm setting you up to make your own decision. I'm trying to empower you, but you know, if it were mine, you know, I, I, first off, I'd look for other trouble. Uh, you know, I'd sure. really, I'd get up there with a light right next to the ceiling and see if there's any other little bubbles or sags of finish or drywall. Right. Uh, the other thing I want you to watch, if you're going to mess with this, uh, oftentimes if you put cellulose insulation up in the attic on top of that old fiberglass from when it was built or what are you whatever most likely fiberglass that weight increases because in st louis more is better you know let's make this really well you can peel you can collapse the drywall because the fasteners in this high humidity thing even when they nailed it and screwed it right if that drywall gets soft to the humidity and an attic's not properly uh vented that drywall turns to mush and that ceiling falls off the off the trusses or joists gotcha Gotcha. Now, as far as the uh, concrete or the wooden decking for a patio, uh, financially, which would be financially cheaper to do as opposed to longer lasting? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. In my world, it's all lasting value. So I'm I'm what's going to last the longest. I, I don't care what it costs the first time. I do care how long it is before I have to spend this again. Yeah, they're they're telling him that as far as like that patio, he'll never have to replace that water line as long as he lives in this house. They upgraded it to some new tubing, but uh, we're family members are kind of button heads as to whether to put a concrete pad back down or to put a wooden deck back there. over the same area well here's my make or break question how far off the ground would that uh, wood deck or deck be uh the way they're talking six to eight inches oh it's concrete do not do that do not do that okay That, that is an absolute nightmare um it uh, first off, I love that they're bringing it up maybe for accessibility. Maybe that's a good thing, but I would raise that concrete. First off, uh, th- I agree, the the plumbing line's not going to be a problem underneath that patio. I, I, I'm yeah. pretty confident of that. Uh, but the issue for me is critters. So you put this really cool wood deck down uh, and six inches off the ground. Holy cow, every opossum, raccoon, mouse, uh, critter, dog, skunk. cat. Yeah. Amen, brother. They're, they are yeah. going to love this. And here's the other part. Uh, if Let's pretend you put a wood deck decking material on there. Uh, the underside of that decking material is going to be moist all the time. And the top part of it in July is going to get 150 degrees temperature with direct sunlight and super dry. And that wood is going to try and warp. So yeah. the, the three years later, you're going to have to deal with this. Um, problem deck. It, this is concrete all the way in my book. Yeah, I just couldn't see raising up that deck area six to eight inches higher than what the carport that adjoins the patio 
uh, is already at. I, I, I myself would prefer the concrete level with the patio or uh, with the carport. Sure, I, I get and, that um, too. Now you have this yeah. big entertainment space that's, you know, boundless. Uh, I'm with you. And a step up. So. Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you for the heads up. Okay, Gary, I hope I really empowered you to at least, uh, you know, make a good choice. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. This is a Scott answer. I love giving all of the pieces that it could be because, you know, I'm not looking at this thing. You know, if I am, I, I can I can double the reliability of my answers. But that's why on KMOX I give you so much information. So, I mean, you're there. You're, you're looking at this, and oftentimes we'll come out and do consulting visits on some of these things just to give people the answers. You know, and the first comment is, look, you've been looking at this for 20, 30 years. You're a lot smarter than I am. It's going to take me a while or our people a while just to figure out what you already know. So don't discount that little voice inside you that, you know, you've been thinking about this for a long time. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. You are the smartest kids in the world. <laughs> right here, KMOX. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Gerard Realty Group. For your home, hire a pro. It matters. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. Oh, yeah, round in the corner, KMOX Home Improvement. Lots of good questions. Let's get right to the phones and see what's cooking for Bob. Hey, Bob, welcome. KMOX, how can I help? Uh, Scott, I bought an LED light thinking it would last many years. Mm-hmm. After about six months, it started blinking on and off. Have you ever heard of this a problem? Uh, for me, it's unacceptable, and I think that if someone had epilepsy, it could possibly lead to a seizure. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, oh, yeah. Keep in mind, uh, an LED light-emitting diode is a glowing something, you know, a diode, from an electronic piece. So behind it is some little computer chip that does whatever it does to make that diode glow. So what's happened there is, number one, it could either be a loose connection where, you know, screwing in the bulb didn't quite make that change. That's very common where the fixture is old and the bulb is new. Uh, You know, so you've got a little bit of a chance that it's just the bulb and how it went in. I would suggest you kind of unscrew the bulb, get up there, pull it out, take a look, look up inside the fixture, um, you know, and see if the little uh, end tab where the center of that bulb screws into, see where that really goes, and then move it to a different fixture, stick it in a lamp somewhere, and if it starts blinking again, it's the bulb itself, and it's, it's not uncommon, but, you know, it's an electronic something, you know, and, you know, they die sometimes, so uh, you may have an early mortality of a, of a good product, um, or you may have a bad connection of a good product. So, uh, you know, pull it out, put in a different fixture, and see if it's the fixture that's causing that or whether that bulb does it wherever you do it. Yes, I did take it and put it into another fixture, and after a while it started blinking again, so leading me to believe it was the bulb. Uh, I noticed that I don't have the same problem with CFLs, the compact fluorescent, nor with incandescent. Yeah. Now, do you have a dimmer on this on these circuits? No. Uh, then you're good. It's the bulb. 
It's yeah. the bulb. And CFL is a completely different, you know, it's just like it's a fluorescent light where you charge one end and, you know, base the other then make the gas in between glow. Uh, an LED light emitting diode is actually a, I'm going to crude this out. It's a little computer that glows in the dark, you know, so your computer chip behind that LED uh, is actually uh, faulty. So you you have you've heard of this before then? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, you know, it's it, you just got a bum bulb. You okay. Know. Well, it's up to me now to go see if I can convince the uh, the retailer of that. Yeah. Well, there's usually you know uh, you usually have a ninety day warranty, uh, but keep in mind we're still uh, not quite on the infancy of these products, but for the most part they're kind of new. Um, but yeah, good luck. I, I I'm about from what you're telling me, I'm ninety ninety five percent sure you've got a, a bulb issue. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, Bob. Thanks. Yeah. Good sleuthing too. I know. Bob had enough sense to change it to a different fixture, so, you know, I can't be there to try these things. You know, he he, he was right on it. Let's see what's cooking here with John. Hey, John, Scott Mosby here. Welcome to CamWax, my friend. How can I help? Yeah, Scott, I got a couple questions. They're deck-related. Yeah. One of them would be, uh, I went to the St. Louis Home and Garden Show, and there were uh, plenty of retailers there selling composite uh, decking. Uh-huh. The more I talk to them, the more confusing it got <laughs> yeah. with different types of composite and different brand names. And uh, one person says that this is the best product ever made, and the next person says some other product. Is is there not the product, but like the composites to where it's made of vinyl, plastic, whatever it's made of, that are better than others or have some better qualities? Um, That's the question. Y- y- okay. Explain to me what I'm looking for uh, on a good product with composite. Okay. Or do I even want to go the composite route? <laughs> <laughs> um, my bottom line is I like composites. They are not without risk to the consumer. Um, our company has built, uh, we probably replaced five or six full decks in the last 15 years for the greatest, latest decking, uh, where the homeowner did, you know, it, it was the slickest thing. And then it didn't perform, and then the company went out of, well, you know, that the, the Mosby reputation is we'll get it right, you pay us, we'll fix. So we had to rebuild these decks on our nickel. So my point is, is I'm in the same boat you are, that buying the latest or the greatest still has risk. Um, and composites, the recycled material, um, any kind of a wood product that's in there, uh, it, things that are post-consumer waste have risk because the more different materials you stick into anything, the more different ways they react with humidity and heat and degradation and UV fade. So I'm not going to say all of, any of these are without risk. Uh, I will say that the more homogeneous, in other words, the same material is all the way through the product. Um, uh, for example, pure vinyl decking, you'll see that on some uh, boat docks. You'll see that on bleachers. You'll see that you know, it's very expensive. It's very white and it's very thin. But that stuff, it's all the same product. Uh, wood. 
you know, cedar. It's the same product all the way through. Uh, when you get some of these post-consumer weights mixing in, you know, now you're, you're, you're there's risk in that for the manufacturer. So uh, I'm not going to say there's any one that fixes all. I do like the materials that are PVC-based and then a PVC wrap around it. Those are my personal favorite um, every seller wants to have something you can't get from the other guy. So the whole purchasing system is set up to not be comparable. So you're kind of stuck, you know, and everybody's going to tell you the same thing. I got the greatest things in sliced bread. Love me. You know, right. so you're still buying companies, <laughs> not products. You do like the PVC. I, yeah, I do. You're paying for it. I mean, it's up there, but, you know, yeah. that is the response. And, and PVC is not the happiest green product, but we've tried all of those other composites. And, man, I'll tell you what, the consumers and we at Mosby are tired of, you know, fixing them on our dime. Yeah, so it doesn't sound like you're too much, uh, I don't know. It sounds like you're almost a fan of wood. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, if if you're in the market, uh, there are wood products. There's an IPE IPE with the little schwa on the end. Um, it, there's a product called Diamond Deck. Um, IPE is uh, marketed under Palope, several other brand names. Basically, this stuff sinks in water, has to be worked with carbide tips, must be drilled and screwed. Nails won't go through them. Um, and it's hard as the Dickens, and it comes from South America. Um, this was a slash and burn, destroy the rainforest origination. We need to burn this stuff out of the way. They couldn't get rid of it. They figured out, man, if this stuff won't go away, let's cut it into lumber. Those crazy Americans will buy anything. Well, lo and behold, it turned out to be such a magical wood that it's like, whoa, that's good stuff. So now they're farming it and they're harvesting it. Prop, you know, so now it's turning out to be what's saving the rainforest because those crazy Americans really like it. But look, there are wood products that will last and are proven. And, you know, just by doing the math, it's, it's the same product all the way through. I warn you, though, you, it's so dense you can't stain it. You can't change the color. It grays out like cedar. If you don't like that, get something else because you, j nails don't go into it. And trust me, stain doesn't either. You've got a material called penafin that you can put on it, which is basically paraffin paste wax on the outside that wears off or tracks into your house. So, you know, there are other choices. They're not all composite. Right. I did hear about the ePay, and uh, I've also heard, too, that it's very hard to stain. Oh, yeah. No, it's not very hard to stain. It's impossible to stain. You can lay a color on the top of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. And then one other question, if you don't mind, it's deck-related, too. Okay. Um, I heard you earlier talking about the deck being in close contact to the soil. Yes. And, and that's a problem for rotting. Uh, for warping, that. primarily, and rotting on a secondary. Yeah, I have that problem on a staircase. Yeah. And uh, it's one of the reasons I have to, uh, in the near future, replace my deck, amongst a couple other things. And I never really thought about putting, I have this real nice cedar set of staircases. It's almost a deck in itself. It turns gradually and it comes down to a pool. Yeah. It looks really nice. So I heard you say something about concrete. Yeah, I could see where that might work better. Mm-hmm. Are there any other suggestions? It just—it wouldn't look as aesthetically. It would not look as good. I—I I know that, but uh, 
Yeah, it's, I think you're stuck coming down with landing and turns and such. It just needs to be a staircase. And, and you know, too much of uh, non-Mother Nature. I love concrete. I love concrete. Too much of it looks like Mother Nature never came, you know. So you, there, you are accountable to, you know, I think a natural material hearing, you know, not seeing your stairs. But I, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, try and use treated uh, structure for that. And when you get down lower, uh, you know, a different decking. And, and the installation, again, you know, you can put a board on with the growth rings up or down. So um, anyway, I wouldn't get too far away from wood in that, John. Okay. All right, sir. Thanks, Scott. You bet. Bye now. Home Improvement, KMOX, Scott Mosby, here to help you. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Gerard Realty Group. For your home, hire a pro. It matters. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. All right, wrapping up hour two here on KMOX. Uh, many of you out there have been hit by hail. Uh, some of it, big hail. And when that happens, uh, it attracts all sorts of um, attention, uh, some from the media, but I assure you from country, or roofing companies from all over the country, um, we call them stormtroopers. They come in and they pretty much, you know, uh, fill a demand. Uh, keep in mind, uh, the insurance companies move their adjusters around. That's not what I'm talking about. They come in to handle the claims quickly. You, however, have to pick a company. And the local companies get very um, busy. What happens is much of this business goes to not local companies. Make sure these are licensed companies. Make sure that you've checked them out on the Better Business Bureau, the BBB.org in your town. Because what the, we get inundated at the BBB with complaints. Out-of-town companies come to town, do the roof, sub it out, and then they're gone. Um, and then there's a warranty issue or a quality problem or work not finished or some of it not even started. Um, and... Uh, it, it's just uh, fraught with problems. I, I encourage you to uh, do business and give a preference to the local companies who will be here uh, so that they can warranty it. Also, uh, check them out on the B Better Business Bureau. Make sure they're licensed. Um, and uh, um, the insurance agents can, and uh, adjusters can help. But beware. Um, when there's a big damage like that, it's a big problem. Uh, hold the line, please, folks. Anybody on the line that would like to uh, speak with me that's on the air, I'll, I'll take your question off the air. Um, so if you're going to wait, I'll be here. Stay tuned. Rick Edelman right here next on Camo X. Maria Kina coming now.